Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome to today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We are thrilled to have with us Christopher Melcher, a celebrity divorce attorney and legal commentator out of LA who handles some extremely high profile cases, the kind of stuff that we are all reading about all the time. And we love what we have read and heard about him. So we wanted to have him on the show to actually talk about some stuff that we do love hearing about when it comes to celebrity divorces, but to really kind of relate that back to what are the similarities and differences that those of us, you know, us mortal people are actually (laughs) going through when it comes to divorce and what we should believe or not believe when it comes to all of that stuff. So Christopher, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Well, thanks, Jessica, for having me. And I, I, I appreciate what, what you're doing with this show to really empower and educate people to go through what's a very, very scary time in their lives. So I love all the resources that you assembled, and I'm hoping we're going to provide some tips here that people are going to take away from in their non-celebrity cases. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, when we go to whatever store and you see all the magazines with Reese Witherspoon getting a divorce or Kim's finally, you know, revealing the secrets about Kanye or whatever. I mean, that's all bullshit, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just put it out there right now. So everybody knows that even though you're enticed, it's not really real. Well, there's probably a kernel of truth around all that stuff. I I think what in, in representing a lot of celebrities, what I've learned is, is that we're all people. And we all hurt the same as anybody else. And we have all the same problems that everybody else has. Now, of course, with celebrities, they have a completely different you know, set of concerns. And they also have a PR team around them that's very skilled. And so they're going to message this and navigate through uh, the divorce in a way that the rest of us don't have to because no one is paying attention to our divorce, but in a celebrity case, they are, and they're watching every move. And that those people need to protect their brand because they need to right. come out of this thing through the other end with, with a career. And, and so- and I talk about it a lot. I mean, we talk about, you know, how it, it's difficult because your whole life and all the lies are put out there about you. You take it, I mean, I would take it personally. And then plus you don't want lies being put out there about you and it's hard to keep it quiet um it's hard to keep your life private i guess but you said something to us just before we started recording you said you actually make more money on the lesser known name um high no names yeah divorces than a kanye type of divorce well, so that that's the other thing that I learned and, and that we can all look at is that most celebrity divorce cases are resolved very quickly without a fight. And then you, I'll see other people who are very wealthy that we've never heard about or people without a whole lot you know, of, of assets spending everything that they have fighting. And so that got me thinking about, well, you know, can we learn from these celebrity cases? And the reason why the celebs generally don't fight, especially if it's celeb on celeb divorce, it's mutual 
destruction. They're going to destroy their brands. They're not going to be coming out of this on the other end very well. So they have to, absent like a you know Brad Angelina type story, that's very unusual. So most of these cases, you see the conscious uncoupling. We're leaving his friends. All this stuff that even is probably not true, but they just need to get through this thing. And we can learn from that because it is possible. It is possible to hate somebody, not trust them, and still make a deal with them. So the, most of my cases in the celeb cases are resolved pretty quickly without a lot of fighting. And that's why I, I don't make that much money on those cases. I'm very happy for those folks. And, and the other ones that I'm confused about, it's like, why are we fighting? Because most of this stuff, I can tell people how it's going to turn out. So what do you find to be the most challenging when it comes to divorce cases like that? I mean, we've spoken to a lot of divorce attorneys, and it seems like nowadays, which is a nice thing to hear, that most divorce lawyers are looking for, uh, if not amicable, that may not be the right word, but some kind of an amicable resolution. Like they're not looking to drag it out so that they can squeeze out, you know, every penny from their clients, despite what a lot of people think when it comes to lawyers, right? That they're all just, you know, money hungry. But when you have clients, regular people, because again, I think our problems are to some degree on a different level than celebrities who are fighting about stuff that you're like, this is so fucking dumb. And this is going to cost you so much money. What do you think those biggest challenges are? And why can't they hear you? The biggest challenge is, is that there's a lot of messed up divorce lawyers out there. I'd love to think, you know, that they were really good, good professionals out there, but they're hard to find. And what happens is, is that us as the consumer, the client, um, you know, a lot of times picks a lawyer like you pick your dog. You know, it's somebody who wants to match your personality and you're thinking like, wow, I'm scared. I need to fight. So I'm going to hire the most aggressive, nastiest lawyer. No, that's the worst pick. You want somebody who's going to tell you that you're wrong and tell you to keep the emotions at the door, to focus on the deal, get in, get out. Yes, you want to you know, understand your rights and make sure you're protected, but you don't want a cheerleader and you don't want the pit bull. Those people will destroy you. And but we don't know that when we're because a lot of times we've never picked a lawyer before. So we just think intuitively, I want the most aggressive. Well, the most aggressive is the one who's going to fight, put fuel on the fire and basically run up the fees unnecessarily. And a lot of times those lawyers that are the pit bull are doing so because they're inadequate, that they that is the way that they get by is to bully people and be nasty and eventually the case just resolves itself because nobody can handle that. And when it comes to actually going to court, they're horrible lawyers. And it's just a compensation for being a really bad lawyer. The, the ones me, uh, one client had a really nice compliment for me was that I'm all bite, no bark. And that's the kind of lawyer you want, I think. Wow. I just really need to stop for a minute because how I wish I knew you back then. Um, <laughs> I did hire someone, it was like out of fear of the unknown of what was going on. Um, my husband was cheating on me, but also like had a significant shift in financial positioning, which obviously was planned once everything was found out. So I had a lot of researching to do, but my lawyer did not tell me I was wrong. She let me go on and on like a therapist she, I know now through all the multiple interviews we've done of all the mistakes that I made with her. Um, so I hope everybody really listens to what Christopher just said. If you're in the process, 
if you're thinking about it, the attorney works for you. And Jessica and I actually just spoke with someone in business who called us out on our shit. We're like, we really appreciate that. Right. That's the kind of person we want to work with. Otherwise you just listen to your own self. I don't need, I don't need to pay somebody else to continue to listen to the stuff that's in my head. I need someone to call me out. And so that you don't make mistakes in your best interest, have a positive outcome. So really that, that was really, really valuable information for everybody. I also think that when we read about celebrity divorces, let's just say Brad and Angelina, for example, right? Cause we, I mean, it's been, I don't know how many years, probably at least more than five at this point that they've been fighting it out. And it seems like the reports I read, certain aspects of the divorce have been settled, but they can't figure out, you know, custody issues. When you read things like that, if you've never been divorced, if you're about to go through the process, I think that that would scare someone like, oh my God, what if I get caught in a battle like this? I can't afford it. I mentally, emotionally, you know, literally I can't afford it. So what do you think that people need to know to what they should focus on and like not be scared of or intimidated by just because they read it in the press? Yeah, it's very scary to think that um, your right to see your child or children could be taken away or limited. It's terrifying. And but that's what could happen in divorce court. And what we're seeing um, in, in cases like Brangelina is a very odd case. They did resolve the financial issues. And those oftentimes are easier because we can kind of bracket that and say like, hey, best case, you're going to get X and worst case, you're going to get Y and it's going to cost you Z amount of dollars to get there. And most people can make that calculation and say, this isn't worth it. This is a good deal. But with kids, you can't put a price on that. Right. And there's also some education that needs to go around it, especially like in Brangelina. She's saying, well, hey, something happened on this plane in 2015. And it's like, okay. But then Brad went and did a lot of things that he's saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be supervised with my visitation. No, my visitation will be very limited. I'll go to these classes. I'll, I'll comply, whatever you want me to comply with. And at some point, the attorney needs to go to Angelina and saying, you know, hey, unless you got something else, you know, unless something else recent happened, you got to let this go and move on. He's the dad. And that's what the judge was saying to her. Judge Outerkirk, and then she eventually had him removed. And now we're in some limbo state where maybe she's going to continue fighting. One child's already past the age of 18 where the court doesn't have authority. And unfortunately, that's maybe how this case gets resolved as the kids just age out. And so there's definitely a lesson to be learned there that, you know, allegations of physical abuse or verbal abuse, all that stuff needs to be taken very seriously and we need to protect kids from it. But we also have to look at the big picture and saying, even if, and, and here's one of the challenges that I have for clients is they'll say, you know, I'm not going to agree to equal, you know, dad wants 50-50 custody time. I don't want that. Okay, well, what plan do you want? Well, I think he should have, you know, every other weekend because he's abusive. Well, if he's abusive, why would you want him involved in the child's At life all. for a moment? Right. <laughs> why is it okay for two days a week, but not three and a half days a week? Right. So there's some logical things. And, and again, I'm not trying to be critical of my clients, but I'm really trying to understand this journey together and go through. And it's like, okay, well, is that really the issue? Or is there some other issue that I don't know about? Because I, I can't serve you unless I understand really what's the source of this problem. 
And so that's the, the kind of critical thinking that we need to go through. But most lawyers say, oh, yeah, abusive. Oh, yeah, sure. He should only have other, every other weekend. And then you build up this big case, $50,000 worth of legal work, and go in front of the judge. And the judge is like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You think this guy's right. abusive, but you're going to give him two overnights a week without supervision? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, sounds crazy. So, so um, it seems like when most celebrities are splitting up and getting divorced, they're all putting out a statement that literally like is the same template for everyone. We really respect each other. We really love each other. We've decided to part ways amicably and you continue to be friends. Do you feel like when we read that, it's just like, you can't assume, like, is it literally as rote as we all think it is? Or, or most of the time, is that being genuine and sincere? No, it's 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 disgustingly sweet. I, I don't like that. I think people would just be like, yeah, we hate each other. I would just 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 admit yeah. to it. OK, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I, I think yeah. it would be more refreshing. And we do see those cases, you know, kind of those statements. Um, but it, it, it to me, obviously, they they don't feel that way because they're getting divorced. And um, so I, I think it's just mostly like trying to buy their privacy, saying, hey, nothing to see here. Everything's good. Let's move on as everything's but, exploding behind them. <laughs> Yeah, it, it has to be. And, and I think that the, the, the harder cases are not the celeb on celeb, the power couple. It's the celeb versus non-celeb because then mm. the non-celeb partner has nothing to lose and everything to gain by having this thing go out longer and basically roasting their partner and saying like, hey, well, maybe maybe we will go to trial. Maybe I will talk about this. Maybe I will make these allegations. And it's essentially a shakedown. So those are the ones to watch and that are more interesting. But the, the power couples, you know, a absent Brangelina, it's hard to um, come up with a lot of um, cases where the where the laundry was aired. Except for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Like, what yeah. is going on there? Yeah, yeah, that that one. And you have two people there that you know, have their their struggles and, uh, you know, that that couldn't get control over this. And so, yes, that is another excellent example. Do you, um, do you go ahead? Sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, do you feel like there is more, um, for lack of a better word, opportunity when it's a high profile name for someone to start putting out accusations of domestic abuse and things like that? even if it's not true. I mean, TH and I hear about that kind of stuff all the time with, with, you know, regular people. Yeah. You know, setting up I the hate to say exactly. And, yeah. I think more often than not, it's the woman setting up the, the man and the police will end up having to be called. And now it's like, there you go. There's something on his record. He was taken away for whatever reason. And now like, that's gonna, you know, get in uh, to be a problem in the divorce. Is that a higher risk in celebrity divorces? Well, it, it's it is a risk in all cases, um, but it, particularly in celeb cases, because people are following it. And then there's there's downstream consequences. So it's not just like, oh, I know something about this person that's embarrassing and I'm going to go and report it to get revenge. Well, that then may result in that person being fired. You know, if they work for a professional sports team, you may see them being separated, not picked up again if they're an actor or whatever, they're not going to get jobs. And now they are not going to be able to pay support. Right. So, that affects the whole family. It's so, it's 
It does. Now, certainly, if somebody is abusive, um, they do need to be exposed because 100%. otherwise we're just covering and enabling that behavior to happen so they could hurt other people. So I'm not in no way advocating keeping that type of stuff quiet. But if it's just the, the laundry, the embarrassing facts, um, we do see those being used, uh, you know, usually in a letter or some form, mediation, some kind of private setting. Hey, I have this. And it is extortionate a bit. And sometimes we'll see the other person come out publicly with it in a court document. And it's like, hey, you just shot your bullet. And we'll see. And sometimes it's just quiet. Nobody, the press doesn't pick it up. No one got fired. No one lost any jobs. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, now you got nothing over me anymore. So it, it does have to be handled delicately. Yeah. Are there reporters that just literally are camped out at like the Los Angeles County Courthouse just reading through all of the public divorce documents every day to get those kind of tidbits and, and air them? Well, uh, you know, I don't know that they need to because I think that the attorneys leak this stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't leak because I'm usually representing the celebrity. So I'm not authorized to speak and they have their own team. And I want to my job is to keep it quiet. Right. I mean, I'm guarding the fort. And but the other side is trying to get this stuff out there. And I will read sometimes about my own case in TMZ before I it's like, oh, something was filed. Oh, I just seeing it in TMZ. Like why? I'm like I'm supposed to be getting served with this document. And and then when you see it, one of the tips for you to see is the public, whether this was leaked or not, if it's a filed document, it's typically going to have court markings. It's going to be stamped. We call conformed. A lot of times these leaked documents aren't conformed. And that means they're pre-filed documents. The only who has wow. that, the attorney, the only person who has that, because if it came, if it was a court leak, it would have the stamp on it. So these these the attorneys do that. And the other way to kind of see that is there's there's some kind of unwritten payoff sometimes with the reporters where the attorney will be named in the story. Oh, according to powerhouse attorney so and so, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's probably your leaker. Right. Because they okay, that was the really unwritten shitty. exchange. Like it's not complicated enough. Um, what do you think about you know, coming through COVID or still somewhat in COVID, like what's the biggest difference you've seen as far as divorce pre-COVID and now where we are now? I mean, we've been through Zoom divorces and, you know, we there's a lot of perspective on that, but, but any big differences in the types of cases that are coming to you or is it well, still the same? Well, I think we're getting back to normal. It was a really bad um, place that we were in when the courts locked down or went to limited operations because it was already hard enough to get your day in court or a hearing date. Right. It was very long delays. And then they created this huge backlog when the courts were essentially closed or limited where you couldn't even get into court. So you it was a wild west at that point. People just saying, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing the exchange. I'm not paying you money. Nothing. Yeah. And and then we got through that and now they're working through the backlogs. I think what the best thing out of all this is the video court appearances that many courts have adopted. Because before, when you have to hire a lawyer, this is extraordinarily expensive to hire these lawyers to come into court. And we would sit there. We have to drive. For me, it's an hour to get to court each way. And then I would sit there for hours waiting for the case to be called. 
all for a 15 minute hearing. And I'm charging my lawyer, five, I mean, my client five hours for 15 minutes of work. Right now with video, I, I don't charge any of that other than the 15 minutes that I'm on with the judge. And so this is now really an access to justice issue, which allows a f people to afford a lawyer to do the work of doing. They should not be paying me my hourly rate to drive a car right, into say. court or sit right. in a courtroom. Right. So the, the good thing that came out of the, the lockdowns was video. Um, and I'm hoping that these courts uh, continue investing in that technology. And I'm also hoping that parties and attorneys will continue using that system. And my fear is that people want the in-person advantage, you know, mm -hmm. like, no, 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 I want you to go in person. Well, if the other side's in person, then I got to go in person. And then we mm -hmm. just lose the whole thing because I love sitting in my offices doing the Zoom court appearance. Do you think it's more amicable on Zoom? You think that there's less contention i mean is it easier to manage your clients and and relationships in court if it's on zoom well it's a great point because especially with depositions these compelled statements under oath um you know they get pretty heated when you're in person yeah. and so it's a little hard to scream at the little i do it sometimes i lose my mind but it's pretty hard to scream at it's just like a screen like what do you scream like you're yelling at yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's you kind of see like wow this is ridiculous yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it does definitely bring the temperature down and, um, and it's a safer spot too. So if we do have an abusive spouse or partner that we're dealing with, well, now you're not sitting there within feet of this person or right. worse, worrying about getting attacked on the way out of the courtroom. Right. So right. it's safer for those folks. The, the, the little bit of a risk though is, is that, um, the inner, the relationship between the client and the attorney is, is harmed a bit because, when you're in person, you can whisper, you can talk, you can trade notes, you see people, right. you read the body language. And sometimes we're having trouble with the clients logging on and they can't hear, we can't, you know, or they they don't mute themselves and they're just like, that's a lie, I can't believe, and you need to stop this. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this in front of the judge. So we still need to work through some stuff. But But I feel like what I'm hearing you say is anyone who's out there who's been thinking about not being happy in their marriage and has been thinking about the possibility of getting divorced. Now's the time to do it because it's going to cost you the least amount ever in history because you're not going to have your lawyer waiting at the courthouse all day. Right? And you're only going to be paying for that billable time that they're on your Zoom. So it's the most cost-effective, budget-friendly divorce environment ever. <laughs> well, it is. And especially with home values being high, this is a great time to be divorced. Uh, That's you know, right. You're being bought out at the highest values of everything. Right, oh right. Gosh. But I, I honestly, joking aside, I hate divorce and I wish people would find a way to work things out. I don't, I wish I would put myself out of business if I had a wish. Can I just ask you then as we wrap up, so what, what made you go into matrimonial law and family law to begin with when you first started out? Uh, you know, that wasn't my intention. I wanted to do corporate securities law, but when I got out, there was no hiring and the economy was bad and I kind of was doing criminal defense and some civil litigation. And I, I met this other lawyer who was doing uh, divorce work and I, I, I never thought I would do that, but I saw that, wow, this is a legitimate specialization that you're involved in people's very personal affairs and it's super interesting. We never get bored as a divorce lawyer. So I, I thought, I'm, I'm so happy that I made this choice. 
and that I'm able to assist people in going through not only the legal and financial aspects of it, but also to really understand um, what their needs are and moving them out of that po point in their life to a better place. So it's, it's a really rewarding profession, but um, I, I just, like I say, I, it's sad to see the conflict and the inability that a lot of us have in navigating through that because again mm -hmm. we've never been through that it's very scary we just don't we're not born with those skills so it's i enjoy helping people kind of separate fact versus fiction emotion versus logic um money versus not and and moving them forward with this in a way that i'm hoping they have a better outcome i think you set a really um great standard Totally. Anybody looking to go into this because there are a lot of lawyers, even, I mean, I live in New Jersey, I live in Northern Jersey and our lawyers were sharks and bulldogs. They were all built in and they just, you could just leave them alone together. You didn't even need us. Right. <laughs> and uh, so really, I mean, I think that that's a great ability to contribute to the practice of law. We've talked so many times to other attorneys about you know, the laws being outdated in terms of domestic abuse and so many other things. And to have someone who's cutting through the clutter in, and delivering a message the way you deliver the message is, you know, is great because somebody else who's coming from a negative place could say the same words and it's just not the same with their voice behind it. The energy isn't good. So I really appreciate you elevating you know, the experience of divorce in a way that I certainly didn't experience myself. Um, and so you are making a very positive contribution. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. We do always talk about how the, the relationship going through divorce between, you know, the client and the lawyer is like one of the most intimate relationships you'll ever have in your life. Because when you think about it, who else in your life that you come in contact with, are you literally opening up your guts about everything that's going on? I mean, you, this is a person you have to tell your deep, dark secrets right, they to. They have to know everything. And it has to be someone that you have that level of like respect and compassion yeah. with and have that vibe. There's a lot that goes into, I think, the partnership of a client and a lawyer in the divorce process. And so I think that what TH just said is totally right, like elevating the standard of expectations, because I think that over so many years, people have this negative view of lawyers. My dad's a doctor, so we always heard all of like the anti-lawyer jokes, and then my sister went to law school. So then they were always <laughs> telling each other like, you know, the doctor and the lawyer jokes, but it's true. It's like, unfortunately, divorce lawyers, I think, get a particularly shit end of the stick, but it's such an important part of our lives. That's going to not only affect what's happening in the moment now during the divorce, but the decisions that we make together, client and lawyer, that's going to have an impact on my life forever with my kids. 100%. Forever. And I think that a lot of people don't think they don't have the foresight to look ahead and think about the maximum amount of impact this is going to have. They're just trying to get through the next court appearance. Right. The future, I mean, I, I, we're 13 years out and my stuff's, I have stuff creeping up on me now that should have been addressed, but my kids were eight, six, and four. Now they're 22, 20, and 17. And guess what? Who's paying for them out of college? I mean, you think their salary supporting them out of college and living at home is fine, but need a car, need car insurance. You need, you know, there are things that don't get addressed when they're little, little kids. So 
Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. But to have someone like you on their team is is really good. I think this is a PSA for new attorneys <laughs> and for people going through divorce. This is your public service announcement. Congratulations. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> So, well, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. We really do appreciate it. Um, we'd love to have you back. We have so many other topics legal that I think that your perspective would be really interesting and appreciated on. So I hope that you will join us again. And um, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the X-Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.